Look who I found. I have nowhere to go. Hopper! Hopper! What? You mean you miss me? Hopper, of course we missed you, buddy. But I thought you didn't want me no more now that you have Simply Safe and I'm a guard dog. Simply Safe is just as much for dogs as it is anything else. You're the most important thing in the house. Never leave. Oh, oh you mean it? Hopper! He's such a good boy. Simply Safe can never replace you. Yeah! We can work together. Simply Safe can help make me a better guard dog. Of course it can't replace me. I don't know what I was thinking. Simply Safe can help monitor and warn, but it can't scare and bite at bad guys like, like Hopper can. Oh no, burglars, quick, run everybody. They can't catch us all. Last week for the promo, uh, we do one live read per week. Usually it's for Mug Club unless we have an awesome sponsor. Uh, this last week, simplysafe.com slash credder. Simply Safe is the home security system. I think I told you I've had home security systems before, mostly because I moved into a house and they were already in there. They were wired, they sucked, and so I relied on Hopper. I put too much stress on his shoulders. Uh, so Simply Safe has an entirely wireless system. You can hook it up. It's awesome. I think it won CNET and Tech Radar, won all kinds of awards. It's $15 a month, no contract. And if you order right now at simplysafe.com slash Crowder, you still get 10% off. This is the last week of the promo, I believe, going into Christmas. So if you don't need a home security system, then okay, you don't need a home. Don't, don't buy one if you live in a place that is if you If you live next to the Hope Diamond, you're probably fine. But if you do or you've ever thought about getting a home security system, I will tell you, I'll vouch for this, and I'm not just doing the radio thing where people vouch for products that they never use. That's why we have so few sponsors. I use it. I like it. I have family and friends who use it and like it. It is the easiest home security system to install and the most reliable. But don't take my word for it, said LeVar Burton. But you don't need to take the word of a six-year-old kid reading a, a, a pop-out book either. But simplysafe.com slash Crowder, 10% off. This is the last week, $15 a month, no contract, no course. Just do it or just, you know. Take your chances. Who knows who can get into your fortress? Join the Mug Club, don't be a wimp. Join the Mug Club, don't be a wimp. Join the Mug Club, don't be a bitch. Join the Mug Club, don't be a wimp. Join the Mug Club, don't be a wimp. Join the Mug Club, don't be a wimp. Join the Mug Club, don't be a bitch. Join the Mug Club, don't be a wimp. You better join the Mug Club unless you want us to kill your children right now. How much do you really love your children? How much do you really love your children? Join the Mug Club, don't kill your kids. Join the Mug Club, we'll kill your kids. Join. Join the Mug Club, don't kill your kids. Join the Mug Club, we'll kill your kids. this you watching the old you watching the old movies mm -mm. like an old white time you got now. fred astaire mm -mm. this is a west side story wonderful time in america everyone acted <laughs> like it was so innocent back then it's like oh look how innocent movies were yeah i see a puerto rican shaking her tits right as she goes up and the guy it's just it's just it was just veiled you know what uh, the movie you can make today musicals seven by seven brothers 
Yeah, you can't. That's can basically, it. It's basically just kidnap and sexual misconduct. All right. Uh, producing with me, we have Clint Howard today. <laughs> we have Blair White. And we're mm -hmm. going to be taking a, a, a survey, a quiz, ah. with Blair White from EverydayFeminism.com, an intersectional feminist quiz. Huh? Uh, you want to stick around for that. <laughs> well, Clint Howard will talk about his dad who recently uh, passed, yes. uh, which is, it hurt, his dad was an unbelievable, un, had an unbelievable career in the entertainment mm -hmm. industry. And I'm sure we'll also hear some... Uh, some other crazy things that he'll talk about. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not K. Follow him on Twitter at NotKJared. Me at Escrata with your comments, your thoughts, your photoshops. I fulfill my legal obligations mostly. Draw your conclusions. Are we good? We're good. And Samoyay, simplifiedwine.com. It means he has more taste buds than the rest of us. At G. Morgan oh. Jr. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm doing well. What's the wine of the day? Oh, the wine of the day is Krupp Brothers Damsel Rose. Damsel. It's quite the sauce of damn there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's got a leg go. up and everything. Trying to outrun some thoughts there. <laughs> no, <laughs> so she's not we have. Gay. Uh, <laughs> 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 Question of the day, win. we're going to talk about it. There wasn't a whole lot. By the way, next week, there are no shows from Mug Club members Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because Thursday Whoa. is the 16-hour CNN live stream. That's Boom. 16 hours not because it's worse than waterboarding. We're going to have guests. Yeah. We're going to have the world premiere of the miniseries, A YouTube Carol, with some unbelievable ah. cameos in there from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. Oh, you can't get Because we want enough. to earn your can dollar. We, can we drink? That. Well, you don't have to be here for the whole day. Actually, no, wait, yes, you do. And yeah. no, you can't. So there you go. Ah. Nah. But you have to bring the wine, huh? What? Uh, you have to bring the wine. You bring the, bring yeah. your, what punishment is bring this? Your, bring your little friend. <laughs> what did uh, I do? You know, Charlie over there. What's her name? No, it's, uh, damsel? it's the damsel. Damsel. Yeah, there you go. Okay. It's like your girlfriend in Canada. So <laughs> question of the day. Uh, let me ask you this. We'll talk about it. It's the only thing in the news. Roy Moore. What, how do you see this? I'd like to hear your comments because I've heard a lot of different opinions. Do you see it as a short-term loss, Roy Moore losing for a long-term victory? It's, it's mm. just a loss is a loss is a loss. Do you see Do you see it as an individual screw-up? Or do you see it kind of, you were saying this before yeah. the break, as some people see it as a referendum on the Republican Party. Right. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear. What, what, what do you think about that? A lot of different opinions, yeah. and uh, we'll get to that. But before we do, we have to get to other news of the day. Top news. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm at sexual misconduct allegations. There's a phrase we find ourselves saying always. Oh, gosh. <laughs> NFL legend Warren Sapp uh, defending himself. He was proving that he was not a creep by publicly posting pictures of the vibrators they bought for female staff. So first, <laughs> let me set this. Why does that sit? Why would he do that? Okay. Daily Mail. The article, Sapp, considered by many to be one of the all-time great defenders in the league, gave, we're talking about a plaintiff, gave the plaintiff sex toys as a Christmas gift three years in a row. <laughs> wow. Which would seem bad at first. But Sapp defended himself pretty valiantly, mm. saying this was taken out of context. What they don't tell you is that on the 12th day of Christmas, I, your true love, gave to thee, a dildo in a pear tree. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it it's context is key. It's all about that sap. Oh. Wait a decide between dildo in a pear tree or uh, uh, a partridge in a dildo tree. Partridge in a dildo tree. Well, yeah. Those are hard. We took a I have a question. Why, why three years in a row? What kind of usage were these things know. getting where they were like, oh, you need well, a new crazy one? crazy to me is this, yeah. this is the kind of thing where people come forward with these suits and you're going, you got a dildo three years in a row. <laughs> What created an environment where this man was comfortable yeah. sending a colleague a it's, dildo? It's like three my days mom is obsessed with snowmen. Yeah. You just know, like, you, you want to get our gift, get her snowman. At some point, someone told her <laughs> dildos are their thing. That's like my and grandmother. They haven't stopped she since. always used to buy me Roll Dahl books. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. why. She was like, Stephen's a little reader. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not. Like, I just, I like, I Willy, I like Gene Wilder, and now I have a stack, and I don't need them, Grandma. Nice. <laughs> but she just pigeonholed you. Okay, Connecticut man was sentenced to a year in prison for necrophilia. Hmm. 
as well uh, after having sex with his dead girlfriend's corpse. And in a, here's the thing. He did it in an attempt to revive her. And this is an actual quote from Fox News. What? Aaron Gaither said he thought that sleeping with her body might revive her because his girlfriend hated sleeping with him, according to the arrest warrant. So we can add rape to the charges. <laughs> I said, the, the thing is, this guy was serious in his answer. Which would seem absurd. It would seem absurd, except the rights have already been purchased to this story by AMC for their tentatively titled The F***ing Dead. And they're already <laughs> taking auditions, we hear. Ooh-wee! I love myself a good corpse. How about instead of bashing zombies, we start loving zombies because it seems like a waste and Lucille needs a place to hide that really seems darker than I thought this it doesn't have the same mass appeal <laughs> no you might find that on one of the smaller channels yeah, might be part of a premium <laughs> package <laughs> robots are now being used to deter homeless people from setting up camp in San Francisco. This comes to us from Business Insider. The San Francisco Business Times reported last week that the San Francisco SPCA and Animal Advocacy and Pet Adoption Group put a security robot to work outside its facilities. Boom. The gentrifying neighborhood. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. And then there are obviously all kinds of protesters. They don't think that you should be getting rid of homeless people at all. It's a problem in San right. Francisco. Though, yeah. in their, I will give in their defense, some of the robots in question are overkill. Seems like they're going a little bit too much... <laughs> That's a robot on a power trip. Yeah, that is a robot yeah, on a power exactly. trip. You would think if they were trying, they would at least made the robots not not white. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they're paying an opportunity. I don't know if they're making any better. It's seven it, yeah. seven dollars an hour too is all they pay for that. Yes. I, I'm not kidding. That's in the story. Seven bucks an hour. Well, That's below minimum wage. They do, there. Have, they do have the black robots that just put them in Oakland. <laughs> and they hold the torch sideways. <laughs> and pay them five dollars. New Jersey an hour. suburb. Yeah. Finds itself in a heated. There's no good way to get out of it. Finds itself in a heated standoff over what the locals are now claiming is, here oh, to keep it, is a hypersexualized logo for an ice cream shop. You see that there? That booty, booty. I love it," said Al Franken. Um, I, I, I get it. Like this is when I when I first read the story, I thought, oh, no, that's an that's a human ass on a cow. Yeah. <laughs> it really seems as though they're pushing it. And of course, this is a growing trend we all know in the yeah. food mascot marketing as seen recently with the makeover of the Land O'Lakes Butter Indian, uh, which, oh. you know, just... Hey. And then there was, the, the, of course, the redo of the Sun-Made Raisin Lady. And yeah, that was oh, a little bit. Little, and you can yeah. see, and then of course it culminated in Tony the Cyber-Sexting Tiger. Oh. I don't, it oh. seems <laughs> And it was unrelated, obviously, to the, the, the hypersexualization, but there are racial tensions in the country, and people were obviously upset about Aunt Jeff talking about pancake mix. It was ill-received, <laughs> ill-advised, ill and ill-received. Uh, oh we're going to get it's letters just a bad this logo, week. Next, anyway. next week is a big, big week, 16-hour live stream. Yeah, save it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a little in the tank, bro. A surgeon has been charged with assault for burning his initials into his patient's livers. That's that's gangster. This comes from The Guardian, a renowned liver spleen and pancreas surgeon used an argon beam. I'm reading that correctly. Yeah. Used to stop livers bleeding during operations and to highlight, but he would sign his initials into the patient's organs. <laughs> that's awesome. Why is that awesome? <laughs> it's hilarious. Would you find it so funny if it were, what if it were your liver? As long as it worked, I'm fine. <laughs> 
You have very low standards it's when not it like comes a ten- to surgical procedures. Oh, come on. When you get put out, all kinds of stuff can happen, buddy. I'm just saying. That's true. I was always paranoid when yeah. I would go under. I've been out for some weird surgeries. Yeah. I just assume <laughs> bad stuff is happening. It kind of, you're, you don't know what you're signing with that way. Yeah. You, you just go no home. Idea. You cry in the shower and you're good. <laughs> no, that's you need you need to seek counsel. That's oh, not okay. a part. That's a, not a normal part of the morphine. No. Yes, crying in the shower. That's alone. not part of the recovery. No, because no. you always send me the pictures when you do. Like, it's, it's Gerald. Please find somebody to hold. Of course, the surgeon, by the way, is no stranger to controversy, given that four livers just came forward last year, alleging that he forced them to watch him masturbate in the surgery prep room. Oh. So it seems as though he, this is, yeah. Well, to go back to the question of the day, we'll talk about the <laughs> up next. Blair White. We'll take the quiz. Yes. The show, so, show can only get better. The show can only yes. get better. Yes. Roy Moore. Yes. So Roy yeah. Moore, um, one thing that's cr- obviously he lost. Yes. And I'm interested in people's opinions on it, but there have been a lot of, before we get to the opinions, there were a lot of memes going around. Not Gay Jerry was the one who sh- showed this to me. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, the memes, we couldn't find the source, and we found out, I think it was uh-huh. CNN, but memes declaring that black women made more loose. This is something you see everywhere right yeah. now. Okay. And I, for, immediately when I watched it, I go, well, of course that's untrue. And it's one of those things we weren't going to talk about until we realized that most people, if you're not paying attention, they don't know that, of course, that's untrue. Um, black turnout was up about 10%. Okay, five percent less voted for more than for Trump. So that, that, oh, yeah. just it wouldn't have even been close to change the election. Yeah. By the way, black vo- black voter turnout is not very good. No, it really is. No, but that's because of his fault because we don't want them there, right? Yeah. That's that's what right. <laughs> well, I, I was surprised. I think wow. was it? It was like ninety six. What was it? He got six percent of black men, which surprised me. I'm like, that's, six, that's, that's that's high. That's actually yeah. pretty high for Republicans. I think yeah. uh, like Donald Trump was really high with something like nine percent of black men. I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the voters who turned the election just just to correct the misinformation, they were Trump supporters who didn't vote for more. Yeah. Whether you like Trump or not, it's people who voted for Donald Trump and didn't vote for more. Almost half of the people who voted for President Trump stayed home. Wow. Turnout was down 45%. Wow. Yeah, 45% from the presidential election. There's a 9% drop in support from Trump to more. Okay? Hmm. Tells so, you something, right? Well, it, does tell you, well, it tells you there's a limit to, the, to tribalism. Yeah. Um, it tells you that Republicans don't just vote for whoever has an R next mm. to their name. And people, right. say, people say that both sides do it. I think both sides have done it. I think before President Donald Trump, you know, there's a mu- it's, this goes to kind of what I've talked about. It's a much wider tent with Republicans. You have libertarians. Yeah. You have conservatives. You kind of have now the Trump populists. They're okay disagreeing with Democrats. There's a D next to the name. Yeah. They're going to vote for it. Yeah. I think it's an age thing, too. I think it's an age thing for Republicans. Typically, the ones that are like, I have a R down the ticket no matter what, always, ever. Yeah. Typically, older people uh, for Republicans. I think it's typically younger people you find more and more for Democrats. Seeing as all the people that, who are, you know, uh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie only. Right. Hate Hillary, but still pull the love of her. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people did. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you and I had this conversation yeah. in the 2016 election, like, oh, man, we're in a really tough spot. <laughs> the guy yeah. with an R next to his name isn't exactly the, the best person for the job, isn't we don't think, necessarily. R. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not, he's yeah. not an R, first off, right? So we had that. I don't think the Dems have those conversations nearly as often. Like, oh, no, well, they're they not don't. really a good Democrat. No, they really they're don't. They're just going to vote D and go. It, it really is. That is one thing. They get behind their candidate, and people yeah. would try and say, yeah. well, you have to do that for wh- whether it was Trump, whoever it was. You have to yeah. get behind the candidate no matter what. Well, it's mental gymnastics after that just to try to say, oh, I'm still with this person because they don't even believe what they say they believe. Well, that's because one is one. People say, well, why are you why everything? You're a political ideologue. People always say that to me. It's like, really? 
This kind of shows that conservatives are, are they're more principled for sure. Their 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 prism, their worldview, it determines their values. Yeah. yeah. But it's not based on an R. And ironically, people who label themselves Republicans are more likely to proudly say I'm a conservative and a Republican. It's the yeah. other guys going, I don't believe in labels, man. <laughs> Where's the D? Okay. Yeah. The D, D. She killed a guy, right? Yeah. That's What's okay. The head of the D was he was stooping kids in the basement. Well, that's okay. Well. <laughs> How many but is it, did he but say? Is it D? <laughs> well, what do you th- what do you, what do you think? <laughs> do you think it's a referendum on the Republican no, Party? Do you think it's just no. Roy Moore? No, I, honestly, I think I think it's the uh, the sexual assault stuff that's coming out right now. We talked about this a little bit. I think right now you can, and, and you and I probably disagree a little, but you can throw that out, and it's going to sabotage anybody right now. Anybody is willing to believe mm. it because so many examples have come out. And we're like, oh yeah, no, this really is going on. So even if there's no evidence, in his case, I think there was a lot of evidence. But I think any other year, it would have been a little different story. I don't think that's right, but I think it would have been. So I don't think it's a Republican I thing. I think you're kind of right, maybe in in, in terms of a, a temporary bubble. But I think temporary, long yes. term right now, people are going, all right, sexual assault, because everything is sexual assault. I think, I think right now, we'll get there, everyone's yeah. it's, it's the optics war. So everyone yeah, is yeah. trying to avoid the optics. That's why that's why Al Franken steps down. That's why, uh, yes. the, the, what, what's the other guys that just stepped down from uh, from Arizona and Cornyn, such? Cornyn. Cornyn. Uh, something like J- that. J- yeah. Anyways, I think I'm uh, it's all it's an optics war. Yeah, it's corning someone. Corning someone. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but that and that's the problem. Like there's legitimate stuff that we have to, to fight against in sexual assault. But right now, my fear is that there's no due process for anybody. You throw it right. out there right now, and people are willing to believe it. You and I are like getting to the point where we're like, all right, well, show me proof. S- show me proof, and I'll believe it. That's why it's so funny to me that they're like, well, t- clearly VP Mike Pence must be a creep. Yeah, exactly. He just <laughs> understands. He doesn't even want this. He doesn't yeah. even want there to be a chance of this. Well, okay. So yeah. What, yeah. what do you think? Do you think this is? Do you see this as a short-term loss that was necessary? Do you think that if Roy Moore won, it would have been... You talk about the optics. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been worse for the Republican Party long-term? Long-term, absolutely. You do? Yeah. Because you were the earliest people like, ah, I think we still want him to win. I, I do... I. I find myself going back and forth, but I I do think long term you got to fight the long term more of yeah. these things. And I think with Trump, if it weren't for the Supreme Court, I think it it I think it would be mostly yeah, would have been worth yeah. the long term more to to let someone else take it for a little bit. Looking back, looking right. back, kind of the Ben well, Shapiro position. I yeah, think Trump, yeah. I think Trump has definitely caused irreparable damage to the Republican Party. Of course, and the Supreme Court was really really Again, important. And, and most yeah. of it's, most of his optics, it's most of it, it's, it's the right. branding. He's he's rebranded yeah. in a way that it should never have been. Branded. And he really and done it doesn't much. really represent the people who he's branding. Right, so okay. <laughs> All right. Go Look, ahead. I, I can okay. have an opinion. I, I mean, I'd rather have him in office, but at the same time, he's, he's kind of a jerk. So, I mean, what yeah, do you yeah. want to do? Um, I think it definitely is better because Democrats don't really have a leg to stand on right now politically. There's nothing that they're coming out with that's really motivating anybody. And so, if they could have ta- attacked Roy Moore, with the sexual assault stuff and really painted him with that. Yeah, they would have used it. Now, yeah. I mean, just think of how they use, think of them using the Trump. Access Hollywood tape. Yeah. Right? Well, Imagine if Moore came out with Roy Moore yeah. that was really legitimate. Yeah. And then they'd be like, see, that's the kind of guy they want in office. They're already doing it with Trump. So if they had another person to point to, it just makes it well, worse. Well, Al Franken did it with his resignation. But I do think, yeah. listen, this is interesting. To me, there is a silver lining here. I'm going, hey, you know what? Regardless of, and I do think, listen, the media is going, it's going to be a hatchet job on Roy Moore far more than Al Franken, right? It's going to be a hatchet job yeah, on Roy right. Moore far more than the Clinton. Bill Clinton, we do know that he had extramarital affairs. We do know that he had extramarital affairs with people who weren't even necessarily willing. We do know that he lied about it in court. Yeah. Eh, Democrats didn't even care anyway. So this it, is, it became trendy in 2017. Yeah, it became trendy about in that. 2017 to realize, like, oh, yeah, Bill Clinton's a sexual yeah, predator. What? What? About that guy? what? <laughs> what? <laughs> 
What? Are you serious? This is this is breaking news, CNN. Yeah, his name is Slick Willie for a reason. It's, Come on. What, look at Ted. And, and here's the thing with, with Democrats. Not only is it swept under the rug, they become fixtures. Yeah. Ted Kennedy. Now, Ted Kennedy yeah. had like a, he had about a 40-year career after he was soliciting 16-year-old girls. Wow. After he had an affair with Mary Jo Kopechny and left her in the river for dead, he served for 40 more years after that. So Roy Moore, we didn't even have the evidence. There wasn't, there hadn't even been a trial yet. It was, these were just allegations. Now it seems like there might've been some weight to it. And that was enough for 40% of Republicans who voted for Donald Trump to abandon the guy. Ted Kennedy killed abroad and solicited teenagers. He was the only one who Marilyn Monroe wasn't willing to blow. <laughs> And he was there for 40 years. I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that at least there are some standards, regardless of the Roy Moore situation, long term. We have to we have to go. We have to come back and take let's take this test with Blair White well, after damn, the break. Then, damn. Then Clint Howard. Damn it. Uh, Bang, kids are dead. See what you did. You failed to join. We killed your kids. You failed to join the mug club, so we killed all your little children. You see, now you don't have any children. Now you don't have any children. We killed your kids. We said we would. You didn't heed. We kept our word. You made us do it. We killed your kids. You killed your kids. Technically. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Assistant there said he enjoyed doing the show, so yeah. he's been coming back. He's I don't been think on he a lot. He, he always seems like he, uh, like he's, he, he's one, uh, one show of ours away from losing his career. So I think he gets the show. <laughs> it tells me he knows. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Why with the music? Watching Homeland. Ladder with Crowder Studios is protected exclusively by Walther and Hopper. See, that's just the reversing it. Have you, ever watch, have you ever watch old Jack Dempsey when you do this and then? Boom, throw the punch. No. I don't know how, but this would this would actually fool people. <laughs> They'd be like, what? What is he doing with those? Is the it days, ours? So. Is it a lever? No I one have knows. no idea. Am I still in a boxing match? And I lost. <laughs> All right. Uh, next guest. We've Gosh. had this wonderful guest on several times. You can follow her on the YouTubes at, you, well, not at. That's on the Twitter. YouTube.com slash Blair White X. There you X. go. X. The X is important. Generation X. I expect Triple H to come out here any second. <laughs> nice. How are you, Blair? 
I am amazing. Thanks for having me again. Well, we're glad to have you on. So we let you know beforehand, so no one can say we sandbagged you. Uh, none of us want to do this, and we knew that you wouldn't want to do this. So we thought, let's all be unhappy together. Yeah, thanks for dragging me into this. Uh, Clint Howard after the break, by the way. Um, this comes from everydayfeminism.com, and it's a quiz. We're all going to take 10 things every intersectional feminist should ask on a first date. Now, Blair, before you roll your eyes, and I'm sure you Too already late. are. Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain for people who don't know the term intersectional feminist? Okay, so intersectionality is basically, it's what feminists believe that like women in general and people experience oppression in like varying degrees. So it's basically like white people aren't good enough, the belief system. It's basically like, it's not enough to be a feminist and advocate for women. You have to focus on, you know, black issues and how they trump women's issues. And then it goes into like disabled people. And then it goes into like, I don't know, Down syndrome babies. Wait, like, it's, 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 it's Olympics. Do you swear you haven't read this quiz yet? Yeah, I haven't read it yet. Because you just like we don't need you just hit the quiz. You just hit all, <laughs> just hit all the bases. All I right. Mean, listen, it's everyday feminism. It's predictable as hell. So. Well, I, see, it's not for people out there. You need to understand this. No. We live in this world where we understand it. A lot of people go, "What's intersectional feminism?" I mean, they wear it as a badge of honor. I had no idea what it meant yeah. until just now. Until just now. You, and you just learned it. From I mean, a I, I transgender could, on Skype. I could guess. That's the wonder of new media. Sir. I, <laughs> I could guess, but I wouldn't have been right. All I don't right. know. Mm. Okay, this is from Blair. If you may, you may open it so we can all go through this in real time. Here we go. Everydayfeminism.com. I have a hard copy here because we're going to we're going to take gonna notes. notes. We're ready. And pe school. people on the Twitter, you can tweet all of us and let us know you're you're, you're going along with the quiz. Uh, you yeah. at not gay Jared, at S. Crowder, mm -hmm. at G. Morgan Jr., and Got at Blair Sharpie. White. Or is it at Miss Blair White? Blair White. At Miss Blair White. Yeah, yeah M.S. Blair White on Twitter. M.S. Blair White. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, the number one question out of the top ten questions <laughs> that every intersectional feminist should ask in a first date. Huh. Let me preface this, okay, before I... <laughs> It's a date. Right? So you would think these right. questions yeah. should center... First date, by the way. First date. First date. First yeah. date. So you would think that the questions would center around like, something like, relational. Or yeah. like, are you Lord of the Rings guy? Or right. like a Harry Potter girl? Right. You have a penis? Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's a guessing yeah. game. Who this knows? is the whole thing when it's everyday feminism. You don't know. The <laughs> ladies look like men. and It's like, they're, a, it's like yeah. a roll of the dice anymore. It's like a roll of the categories dice. All those yeah. <laughs> it's a roll against <laughs> the cards against humanity. Yeah, game. exactly. Here okay. Number one question on a first date. Do you believe that black lives matter? Oh my God. <laughs> this is, is this a trick question? No, it says, this is what they're at. Yes, wonderful, let's start here. There are three categories that are non-negotiables. Mm. Understanding race, class, and gender. Uh, okay, number one question. I guess we have to answer this. I, I didn't plan this far ahead. Do you believe that black lives matter? So Blair, you get this on a first date with an intersectional feminist. How do you, how do you answer? Oh, that's not a loaded question at all. Obviously, no. black lives matter, but, you, but you know they're never actually asking you, do you think black lives matter? They're asking you what you think of the movement, which, yeah, by the it's way, capitalized. Black I haven't even heard from them the movement yeah. for a while. Yeah. Are they wise still? I don't know. I don't know. I think DeRay's doing a guy in the back of a cargo van. <laughs> um, that's so, not comfortable. I, okay, I would just answer, uh, because right away I want the date to get over with. I'm cheating right, right now. It's kind of like when I get really bored at poker. Naka Jared knows this. I just put down all my chips on a bad hand. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> uh, I would just right. say, I believe all lives matter thank you you get the check yeah I, I yeah i think i would actually say no and then go with the i think all lives matter just to be just to yeah. push it one mm. step further no i don't actually i think all lives matter not good jared i'm gonna say uh 
uh, what shade of black are we talking about? <laughs> because just a mom. There's some I'm not as comfortable. They're with. all shades. It's technically Hollister, not a color. Black. I can go with that. It's one of the benefits Ever of being partially black. colorblind. All yeah, right. So pretty much all of us are going to hell, according to the first. So there. Let me just write that little note there. Yeah. Okay. Number two <laughs> on a first date. This is of course Blair's our guest. Blair gets the answer first. What are your thoughts on gender and sexual orientation? Let me preface this that says the gender, the gender binary is a tiny box and I wish it didn't exist. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be with anyone who is queer phobic. One of the many important elements in dismantling patriarchy is to abolish gender roles. Okay, anyway. So this is all interesting, uh, but what are your thoughts on gender and sexual orientation on a first date? First off, would you ask this on a first date? No, this is, sounds like the worst date ever. It says ignoring <laughs> trans massage noir. What is massage noir? Oh. Wait, was that, where does it say Down this? Down towards the end, last oh, yeah, it says... I, well, I know what misogyny is. Are they trying to say... It's a new Tim Burton Massage Does it mean like misogyny <laughs> against black trans? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, because noir. You, know. you don't know this? You don't know this, Blair? No. I, I've seen it before, but I never know what it is. I thought we got ourselves an expert. <laughs> Blair, what chance, do, what chance been, does a straight cis to. male have to None. know? None. You're the, you're a consultant. <laughs> there is no chance. There is no chance. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think that's the whole point of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not a question we'd ask. Okay. That's number two. So number three, first date. How do you work to dismantle sexism and misogyny in your life, uh, Blair? Uh, I don't know. I decide every time, every restaurant with my boyfriend, I guess. That always seems to be my thing. There but... you go. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't, this is like the worst. This it is. is. Worst. That's the whole purpose of it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we're... It's crucial for cishet men to learn to decenter their male privilege. Yes. Decenter. Yeah. Decenter. Yeah. Uh, okay, G Gerald, how huh. would you, how, let's say you get asked this. How do you dismantle sexism and misogyny in your life? I don't dismantle anything. But if somebody's being sexist, I call them out on it. If they're being misogynistic, I call them out on it. I'm a man. And this is what we and do. And you think that's all you have to do. Yes. That's an example of misogyny. I think Internalized that's exactly misogyny. That you don't think you're required to do, to do more. Mm. Jared? Calling somebody out's enough. I, I don't work at all. I've already hired a female <laughs> assistant to bring me lunch. Okay. <laughs> Sandwiches. All right. Only. Number four. First date again. What are your thoughts on sex work? Yes, please. Yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, my thoughts is it's probably cool to not be a hooker and not get cookies. That's probably cooler. Let me direct quote. <laughs> cool to not be, be a, a hooker. Hooker. Two O's. Yeah. Got it. Well, let me, okay, let me see what it is. They say, they say you may scratch your head at this one, but much like racism and misogynoir. Can someone bring <laughs> up misogynoir? I'm, I'm on it. Okay. Google it. I'm on yeah. it right now. Being pro-sex worker is a necessary pillar of dismantling the patriarchy. Uh, okay, here's something I don't understand. <laughs> Being pro-sex worker, it's the oldest profession in existence yes. because of patriarchy. Like... Yes. Yeah. I mean, how does this, how is this pulling one over? Like, oh, you, oh, wait, what? You support sex workers? Oh, no. Mm, okay. Uh, how do they think this works? Know. According to Wikipedia, yeah. so this is, this is authoritative. Misogynoir <laughs> is misogyny directed towards black women where race and gender both play roles in bias. It was coined by queer black feminist <laughs> Moya oh. Bailey, who created Moya. the term to address misogyny directed toward black women in America, visual, popular culture, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So but that doesn't, you know what, Blair, like you were right closer. to ask because it's it's in the question, what are your thoughts on gender and sexual, it has nothing to do with race. So this writer just <laughs> right. threw it in to be like, yeah. look at the word I know, massage noir. <laughs> That's the intersectional thing though. They always have to bring up black people as well. It can't ever just be about gender. Yeah. 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 Can it just be misogynistic in general? Like why does it have to be specific to a race? Isn't that racist? Yeah. What is it? We passed the mic. I'm sorry, people. This is this is really we're this all reading this for the first time. It says, I mean, the me kind up. of pro-hoaxism where you understand the labor of sex workers of color, especially trans women of color. color who engage in sex work. 
Okay. Holy hell. Because their experience and knowledge. There are social stigmas for a good reason sometimes. Like being a hooker is dangerous. And I don't know. That's the part I've never understood about feminists. Like they should probably you know, not hmm. advocate for that. Well, this is like, uh, it seems like this question is written around the character Angel from Rent. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sex, wor- a, a trans black sex worker. Yeah. I mean. That's so bleak. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the worst life. But there's gotta be like four. It's like, yeah. your chances of contracting AIDS are significantly higher. But what about the sickle sale? Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's there too. Gosh. Yeah. What are my thoughts on sex I work? I don't know how to, yeah, what are your thoughts on sex work? I just enjoy when my sex works. Okay. Yeah. All right, question, wah, wah. question number five. <laughs> Dad joke. I don't even know. Question number five. Are you a supporter of the BDS movement? Do you, do you no, don't, don't follow. Did you know what this meant right away? Ooh. I have boycott. What is it? Boycott, <laughs> divest, sanctions. Oh my gosh. Uh, in an effort to end international support for Israel's oppression of Palestinians. So this is a this is no, question number five on the first day. <laughs> By the way, at no point oh even gosh. even like for someone obnoxious has been like, are you gluten free? Uh, yeah. Like, I would take that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd this still feed the them gluten. Yeah. <laughs> this is just, I mean, how does this uh, Blair? Blair, these I mean, are these are these are the people who claim to be your peeps. They claim they're intersectional for you. These are not my people, honey, at all. <laughs> <laughs> at all. Well, okay, oh BDS. Here's here's what I say for BDS. No, no. I think when one side has uh, eradicate all Jews in their official charter, yeah. they're the bad guys. The other guys get what they want. That's it. I support right. the guys who don't have eradicate all Jews. Yeah. That's don't push me into the sea. There you go. Call me call me reductive. That's right. Jared? I thought it said BDSM at first. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought was too. Which would actually be more appropriate right. in a right. first date. At least then it's like about you and what you're into. Exactly. Yeah. Like, are you into BDSM? If it's Dick Morris, you know, the foot fetish, Al Gore, you're going to be some, okay, what are you into? But BDS, <laughs> you actually might be more likely to get the wrong answer someone who thought you said BDSM. That's true. Right. That's true. Like someone like, how do you feel about, they're basically saying, how do you feel about Israeli occupation? And the other person's like, Vietnamese sex hammock, stirrups, I don't know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you seem well versed in this, Stephen. Continue. I've, I've, I've uh, listened to Rihanna. Oh, yeah. there you go. I, I know. Okay, number so. six. Let's go as though these are interesting questions. Uh, number six. What is, this is where it really gets, oh. I swear to you. What is your understanding oh, of settler colonialism and indigenous rights? Holy Blair, hell. this is an issue close to your heart as a trans woman. <laughs> This is something I, I constantly ponder, yes. No, I'd be running. I'd be absolutely running. What does this say? It's committed genocide, how Europeans committed yeah. genocide. Okay, this is what this is about. How better understand how settler colonial. Well, you know what also, Europeans, did, they want to talk genocide, committed some, yeah. Love but it. you know what else Europeans kind of paved the way for? Um, the ability to write stupid tests on blogs like Everyday Feminism. <laughs> <Blogs. laughs> I thought Everyday Feminism, didn't, weren't they supposed to disappear a year ago? Like they lost all their money or something? How are they still oh, here? Like Gawker? So. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so, I thought they were shutting down. I think that about the Young Turks, and then all of a sudden some terrorist organization swoops in and gives them another yeah. 20 mil. <laughs> right. I'll Al Jazeera, next thing that's coming from Qatar, clock boys' parents fell into some money. Here, Here you go. Go. Uh, Try to be reasonable. Here's one thing. If I'm answering honestly, we've talked about this. Uh, Listen, obviously some some atrocities committed on both sides. But here's the deal with with what you're talking about, settlers, about the United States more particularly. If if no one ever came here, right, and they still had not domesticated horses, they didn't use the wheel. I don't know if you know this, Blair. This idea of the horseback, they didn't use the wheel when we came here. This was the new world. Give them time. Romans did. 
Give him time. This, yeah, give him time. Imagine not, no, no contact and a plane goes over now. Guess what? Someone's getting genocided in. Yeah, it did. Okay, yes. number seven. Do you, th what is this? I don't understand, like. Capitalism. Do you, you think, do you think capitalism is exploitative? This is a question number seven on a first date. Let's, who at this point in the date? If you're still here at number seven, do you plow through just for the fun How of it? How hot is this person? Because <laughs> that's to be the test. So hot. Yeah, I mean, by the time you get to seven, like you got to be like a ten, a straight no. up ten for me to still be at the table. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't be hot enough, really. I, I'm already, <laughs> you're right. I know. I've already committed date rape just on principle <laughs> at this point. <laughs> questionnaire. What? You're an awful person. Yes. But what's a joke, is, everybody. Do you think capitalism is exploitative? Yes. Well, that depends. Does it apply to question number uh, four with the sex workers? Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> is that exploitative? Let's take back question. I mean, yeah, take back question number four. You know, here's one thing. Regardless of your of your view, and I'm kind of a libertarian on that, Like, I, but it does destroy lives, it basically, when you're saying, let's tax it and regulate sex work, you've effectively made us the pimp. Yeah. The, the taxpayer is That's now the true. pimp. That's all it yes. is. It's like, well, they would, yeah, but at that case, they'd be safe. Well, yeah, because the taxpayer, we're the pimp. We're wow. slapping, we're slapping, uh, slapping bitches with the taxes. He knows. All right, <laughs> do you think capitalism is exploitative? I, I, I mean, at this point, I'd be like, I guess, bartender. Yeah. <laughs> Another bottle of wine, please. Okay, number eight. This is, okay, Blair. Can any human be illegal? Lord. <laughs> you can be an illegal immigrant. That's the point. They, they're always so hyperbolic, like you're an illegal human. No, right. just you being here is illegal. Right. Kind of like, <laughs> you're not an illegal person, but your knife in the person's spleen is an illegal, illegal act. act. Yes. Let's hear. It's mind-boggling that borders are even a thing. Totally. <laughs> so to call people oh aliens or illegal immigrants is so inhumane and despicable. Let's send you to the third world and see if you give a damn about any of these questions. <laughs> Just if you try to survive, I don't mind. care about borders. <laughs> what was that, Blair? If that's what boggles your mind, I, the existence yeah. of borders. Right. <laughs> You're a little simple. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I don't, here's the thing. I understand there are some things where they might say, hey, it boggles the mind. Like, right now, net neutrality. I, hmm. I, I, right. I'm against the whole idea of net neutrality or the, the 2015 rules from Barack Obama. I think most people don't understand them. But I don't say it boggles the mind that anyone would support them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. when someone just says, it boggles, oh, it boggles the mind that you think your country should be a country. I love this. White Americans stole this land, colonized the land. And created so many borders, pushed out, killed, and enslaved people of color, and somehow they have the audacity. At what point does intersectionality include the Africans who came over here and apparently built the country by themselves? Yeah. What point are they responsible? This is intersectionality, mm. right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. At some point, they're the culprits too. Wait. What? Oh, the Africans who sold them? Sold them? You mean the ones who came? No, the ones who came over here. Yeah. Intersectionality. They helped. They built America. So what? At what point are not just white they Americans? They built the system. That's a good point. Yeah. Wow. But at then also, what about the African slave traders who sold them? Oh, yeah. Man. Even more responsibility. How it's far just, does this go back? I don't know. And then at the end of the paragraph, it says, miss me with that bullshit. That's what I'm saying to this quiz. <laughs> it's just, this, is a, what, this is the beauty of like this intersectional LGBTQ AAIP, put it all under one umbrella, because they just act as though you don't, if you have to ask, you don't understand, you couldn't right. possibly understand. It you know they added a two? Yeah, we yeah. Joke. For, for two spirit, right? Oh, two spirit. They added the number two. The it's number a two. meme at this point. It's a cat walking across the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. Question number nine. Do you support Muslim Americans and non-Muslim people from Islamic countries? What does that mean? Yeah, Do you no support? Kidding. That's so broad. 
Oh, let's 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 read straight from the lips like of the broad. Them in what way? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I just read the second paragraph. I can't think of any religion, <laughs> any other religion, which has been vilified and lied about more than Islam in a cultural and system systemic way. I am not a Muslim, so I will stay in my lane. But I cannot. Yeah, I'm staying in my lane. Right. But I cannot imagine for a second even claiming to be a feminist if I didn't stand in solidarity with my Muslim friends and family, especially now, especially after 9/11. Hold on, let's, I love this. Don't waste your time and energy yeah. on dating someone who thinks that Islam is inherently violent ah, or misogynistic. It's because I. I read the book and I followed what Muhammad said. Screw me for reading. What if I just showed up? What if a woman just showed Let's say this is a man asking these questions. What if a woman showed up to the date and I don't know, just had like a pair of pliers on her neck, like Hellraiser. So then you were like, well, well, why do you have pliers? Well, my dad makes me wear these. You'd be like, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Is your we'll dad, just change it with a hijab. Is your dad jigsaw? Yeah. No. No, my dad's pinhead. No. <laughs> I, I just, the irony is this person is so intersectional, but they actually don't support LGBT people, LGBT people people in Muslim countries because they're sitting here denying that Islam is violent. That's actually right. Really <laughs> <laughs> Blair, Blair, let me ask you this. How do you think you would fare in uh, the great uh, state of Palestine? <laughs> there is no well, state of Palestine, by the way. I don't know, honey. I don't think I could be doing YouTube, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I, I think you'd be, get one YouTube video. Reason, it would be no an wifi. aerial shot of you. Yeah, yeah the, unfortunately. Yeah, just, just no wifi. They just yeah. be throwing you. Okay, final question. This is why I said I asked if you had read the quiz. <laughs> Number 10, does your allyship, there's that word, include disabled folks? All right, Blair. Let's see how tolerant you are. Allyship of what, though? This is all so, like, broad. Allyship of what? Like, yes, I, I support disabled people. <laughs> I'm not an evil person. Here's how it starts off. As an able-bodied woman. Again, I will stay in my lane, but... <laughs> then do it. Yeah. She hasn't stayed in her lane She's like, at all. Blinkers on! Yeah. This hoe is like swerving everywhere. everywhere she's in the she HOV looks, lane. She has like the, she's like a person who puts the dummy head in the seat so she yeah. can go in the HOV lane. <laughs> no, 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 I'm carpooling. Oh, no. My, my dolphin Negro. No, 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 it's not. Can't say that. I just black, so black face doll. Yeah. Pretty That's much is what I was saying. Yes, I was, I was saying... Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know what this, it says, be mindful of those who mock disabled people, that kind of cruelty is inexcusable. Yeah. I'm even going to go the other way. Sometimes it's excusable. Sometimes it's funny. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. It can be funny. You ever seen a yeah. kid with rickets, like, back in the days? You're like, that's just, he moves like a Muppet. A little humorous. He could benefit from a little capitalism, too. A little capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism. Capitalism. Be good for him. Eradicated it. Someone looking to exploit the, uh, the rickets loophole where they can make a little bit of cash. I prefer the word profit. Yeah, well, yeah. I know, like I know this exploit. guy who has like a messed up leg and he waddles like a penguin. I always tell him because it's funny. Does he laugh? Sometimes. Does he laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Does he laugh like this? <laughs> she is cruel. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Okay, so final question, Blair. We do have to go, and I know you're going to be, uh, well, I can't say, but we have this big 16-hour live stream next week, and Blair mm -hmm. may or may not be there. Wink, wink. What do you, these people, they, they just, intersectionality, it, obviously it's really stemmed from the transgender thing. That's where they've, like, they've, they've latched on to it. Um, how frustrating is it for you to always have to say, yes, I'm trans, but, because I, I would assume you run into people who think you you would agree with this all the time. Do you, do you stay in your lane? Blake? It is frustrating. I can't drive, okay? If, if I'm absolutely driving, I'm definitely not in one lane. But it is frustrating because it's like, you're, it's like half of my existence on YouTube is like doing damage control. It's like correcting people who are speaking for me who I never asked to speak for me. So it, it's really frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Blair, for being a good sport. This is at everydayfeminism.com. You know what? Don't go there. Don't give them your traffic. <laughs> but you can go to uh, youtube.com slash Blair White X 
or at Miss Blair White. Uh, I, I thought I was hoping you'd be more outlandish in your answers, like. I don't know. Cis male scum die, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently you've been you betrayed. You picked the wrong tranny for that. My <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> All right, Blair, thank Riley you so much. Is. We have to go. Clint Howard is banging on the door, and he's out of his mind. We have to go see him next. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. And I wanted to address the elephant in the room this year. There's a lot of people that eat way too much soy. They put soy in everything. But I don't want them to not have a Christmas or a Christmas song. So I did a remake of an old classic just for them. It's called The 12 Triggers of Christmas. And I'll do a shorter version. This can be a little long. On the first day of Christmas, something triggered me. A straight couple with a family. On the twelfth day of Christmas, something triggered me. Twelve Christians praying, eleven good cops copping, ten Trumps a-tweeting, nine men succeeding. Eight comics joking, seven armed civilians, six Russians hacking, five whites with no guilt, four soilless lattes, three full-time moms, two total genders, and a straight couple with a family. Merry Christmas, everyone. Even the soy boys. Oh, there you better go. Better in person? Yeah. I did this. This is a little for you. This it, was for you more than the audience. That's kind of a nipples move. That's a nipples move. Little <laughs> Nikki. I grew up with that little Nikki. You know, not very well reviewed, but was very popular when I was in junior high. Clint Howard, uh, for those who don't know, here live in studio. He's got nothing uh, to plug. I don't think you have anything. I mean, you're Clint Howard. What do we plug? It's just like one of the longest catalogs in all of IMDb history. You know, I haven't started becoming some sort of salesman or I don't sell insurance or I don't really have a website. I do make snow globes, but they're hideously expensive. So I wouldn't <laughs> try to sell them to anybody because I charge $228,000. Really? Yeah. Okay, it sounds like you're like a, you're putting me on here. You really no. have you sold any for that? No, but if I just sell one, <laughs> if I just sell one, everything will be cool. And you see, they can't really fly. And they ha you had them on your shirt, correct? Oh yeah, these are my. I got snow globes here. Here's that. You made those snow globes? Yes, I make snow globes. And uh, uh, let's see, what is that? That's a snow globe inside of a snow globe, and that's a clown, and his name is Crappy with a K. Okay. And he's uh, going to the bathroom. There's a commode. And uh, that's a guy in an ivory tower, Cecil. Okay. Now, do I have to ask, or let's just, what's the story behind the snow clubs? Um, you know, I've always been kind of interested in, in keeping my hands busy and uh, just being creative. And I used to sort of paint and do multimedia stuff two-dimensionally, and it just came up something to do. But, you know, I've had artificial hips, and... Uh, I used to play a lot of golf, and, and without playing golf, I kind of needed something to do. So this was basically a garage project. How, how many snow globes do you have now, do you think you've made? Oh, I've probably made 20-something. I, I haven't made one in a while, but I've given a few away. One, rest in peace. Uh, it, it Broke? No, well, what happened is that they become unglued. 
They were the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were celebrating their championship, and they just came unglued from the base. So the, floating the, the Steelers. Ball, the ball did, or the Steelers came unglued? The Steelers inside of the snow globe were floating. They came unglued, and then at that point, it, you know, you can't have floating unglued Steelers. So, 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 so it looked more like the Browns at that point. Yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, you know, you got to be a little careful about as you apply stuff. Otherwise, you don't want any floaties in your right, snow yes. globes. Well, then that's crappy <laughs> commode gone wrong. Yeah, crappy commode, you could get floaties. That was a question. Do you want floaties or not? Um, now, one more thing. I have a whirling dervish gathers no uh, blood clots okay. snow globe, and it is a whirling dervish with one hand lopped off. And it was an accident. It was a dusting accident. I had the whirling dervish. He used to have two hands. Okay. But the, the hand got knocked off. I've done horror movies. I bloodied it. I put it in a snow globe, and he's like spinning around, yeah. bleeding to death well, because a whirling dervish gathers We're not going to see that clocks. in a Christmas tree store anytime soon, I don't think. No, but it's a prized possession of mine. I can imagine. <laughs> we, if, if, if we had $208,000, we'd... We'd ask you to make one for the louder with Crowder and put it, but I don't. I, don't I think drive it. it to, see, that's why one reason why it's so expensive is I because I can't fly it. I physically would drive it to you. So it's free vacations at that point. Basically, I would Uber. For vacation time. I would Uber <laughs> 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 to your. If you bought a snow globe, I would kiss okay. your. Hutch. We just we don't have that kind of cash, disposable <laughs> cash. But that is fascinating. I, I sell know some I'll, more of these. Yeah, sell some more of them. <laughs> and that's all of a sudden hand edge just doesn't seem that impressive. And we'll close with the plug from Mud Club. And yeah, we're done. Wow, you've done so much. I mean, I know I, we, we want you. You tell us what you wanted to talk about here today. But I know obviously your dad recently passed. Yeah, and you're, uh, Rance Howard. Rance Howard. You know, I got to work with him actually. I, I might have something to plug, because um, I did a movie with him. A couple of months ago, uh, I guess it's now been three months since we worked, and it's called Appleseed. Okay. And uh, it's a movie about a guy who spends 50 years in prison, and he gets out of prison, and he goes on this kind of odyssey, and he helps everybody that he sort of comes in contact with. And he, his journey is to his son's house. And I'm pl I play the son, and I'm like the only guy in the story that just isn't bowled over by this man because my memories of him are distorted because of the spit-stained, scratched-up plexiglass that I had to, you know, grow up. And watch. you worked on this with, with Rance Howard, with your dad. What did he do on that? Was he played, the, he was number one on the call sheet. Wow. Yeah, no, dad worked a lot. He was in a movie called Broken Memories uh, towards the end. He played an Alzheimer's patient. Um, he, he was in this apple seed, and I got to work with him. And uh, Robbie Benson is in the movie. Adrian Barbeau, I believe, is in the movie. Well, tell the story. It's fascinating. You, oh, your dad, Rance Howard, goes from Oklahoma, right, out there in the ranches of Oklahoma. To, how does that come about? Because that paved the way for, for you and your brother. To yes, do. both Ron and I have certainly talked about it in, in terms of I, I don't think we have the intestinal fortitude to do what he did or to, to break the chains and go from you know, to make a move from Oklahoma, uh, you know, t to Hollywood, let right. alone, I mean, Ron being able to be a storyteller and a producer of major things and people pay attention and, and just even entertaining. Yeah. Um, no, dad's fortitude, I mean, he was a hick. Yeah. My dad grew up on a farm and he got the bug of acting when he was like in the sixth grade. And, you know, in his high school, his counselor had no idea what Broadway was. Right. Um, no idea. He, he suggested the University of Oklahoma because they had a drama department. And Dad went to the drama department and realized they were teaching theory. They weren't teaching any practical how to get 
make a living in show business. Right. So dad just as a 20 year old, he went out to from Oklahoma to New York, got a job as a usher in a movie theater, and he, you know, he did have a break. I mean, wow. some some people don't get breaks. He got a job in uh, the Broadway play Mr. Roberts. Well, so, some people don't get breaks, but obviously he said that that fortitude and that kind of a work ethic, it lends itself to being the kind of guy who's there when the break can occur. Well, you know, also too, uh, you know, listen, doing an autopsy of his life. Yeah. I, I mean, he he turned out to be a really, really good dude. Right. And he was selfless and. Um, you know, I mean, what he did for Ron and I to put our careers, and he didn't even really think of what we were doing as a career. It was just an opportunity, you know, put some money in the bank. He never spent a nickel of our money. I mean, he raised us, he fed us, he clothed us. He thought all those things, it wasn't like we were participating with our paychecks. Right. Um, but just very unselfish. He wow. taught Lee Van Cleef how to ride. Now, Lee Van Cleef yeah, right. had so, a lifetime of being probably Hollywood's greatest Western villain. And Lee Van Cleef was in New York City, about dad's age, maybe a little older, and he had an audition for High Noon. And he had checked all the boxes of what he could do. You know, actors used to do that. Can you tap dance? Of course. Right, know? right, yeah. Can you ride a horse? Of course. Yeah. Well, Lee Van Cleef had an audition for High Noon, and it was going to be down at the stables in Manhattan, in, New in uh, Central Park. And he got nervous. So this is still when he was in New York. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. Lee Van Cleef. They auditioned at High Noon in New York. Wow. Okay. And um, so, so Dad took Lee Van Cleef down to the stables in Manhattan, or you know, in Central Park, for three or four times, and had sessions where he taught him how to ride. Lee Van Cleef got that part in High Noon. And Lee Van Cleef ended up having that career. I, I wonder if there's someone out there right now who would be telling that story. I remember when I saw Rance Howard and Lee Van Cleef Lee riding Van horses <laughs> in the middle of Central Park. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's in a straight jacket in a padded room right now. <laughs> sure Dad, you did. Dad is, now here's the thing. They were competitors. They were in the same business. Right. Now, listen, I'm not saying I wouldn't help a fellow actor. However, it, I think in life, and especially in Los Angeles, it's a little become a little more dog-eat-dog. -dog. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think Dad, I mean, Lee may have paid for the, the, the rental horses, but nowadays it would be completely different. Right. I mean, listen, Dad would be wanting to know if he could get an audition, too. Or, well, maybe maybe not maybe not your dad. That speaks to his character. I mean, well, it's like in stand-up. That's like, We were just talking about that before, before uh, uh, during the break. All my friends were like, oh, man, it's a community. Everyone supports each other. I go, yeah, get a get a break, get a comedy special, and see how many of those people are still around. In stand-up, it is brutal. Try to get laughs on that open mic night when there's a bunch of unemployed comics standing <laughs> yeah. around. How yeah. hot's that audience going to be? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny, you, know, you, you know, you see, like, all these top comedians, and, of course, we talk about from a liberal perspective, like Amy Schumer and all these people that are just super far left. And you go, really? So you just all happen to be best friends, the, the top comics out there. No, what happens is after they become successful, mm -hmm. they're not as threatened. They have kind of their lane. And all of a sudden, there's camaraderie. But coming up from the what about the guy who was the open micer, not Bill Burr, when Louis C.K. was coming up? You don't know about him. People don't realize that, like, when Louis C.K. was even headlining, there were six or seven other comics. Right. There were also in the mix there. Right. And they have sharp elbows. Yeah. It's, well, al it's also late at night. 
and it's not the healthiest environment in the world. It's a little like rock and roll. Yeah. Well, you know, plus he's masturbating in the green room, so that makes it a little uncomfortable. <laughs> now, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't. I've only heard of a little debauchery, not necessarily from him, but I've heard debauchery. From, oh no, no, that's what, that's what the women came forward, and he said he did. You mean while he was like breaking through as a comic? Yeah. Well, Jesus. at this point, he was relatively successful, but he would just be like, he would just be fondling. He would be. He would be going to town in the green room. I couldn't imagine. Watch. I couldn't imagine spanking it. And, <laughs> and, and then expecting to continue to have a career. Well, <laughs> in public. I was spanking privately is one thing, but I mean, sure, if you're course. spanking in public, I mean, you have to accept the fact that eventually the dominoes are going to fall. Well, it's in the unwilling participants. It's also just something that wouldn't occur to me. Just like, look at it! <laughs> you know? It's like, wouldn't he be embarrassed? I, you know? Someone walked in on me naked. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. He literally like shuts the door behind him. Like, look at this. Just do it for you. They say no, and he continued. Well, I don't know. The, listen, you know more than I do about yeah. this, these facts, and this is part of you your business. You have to take my I, word for it. I try to avoid even thinking too much about it because, really, when you when you do think about it, it's really sick. Well, it is sick, and you know what's funny? You've played like we've talked about. You've done some out there roles, right? People, you're kind of known for that. Fiction. Yeah, fiction, fiction. But the, the the reality in the entertainment industry, you know, we've talked about this a lot. When you you deal with, they say, well, there's a rape culture. There's this idea of you know people are so unhappy, and that's what you see in nearly every film. Well, the, the rape culture really only exists in a few places, and Hollywood is one of them. <laughs> it's not out there in Oklahoma the same effect. But is this something you kind of knew about as an open secret for a long time? Well, no. First of all, no, I was kept fairly naive by my parents. Not naive, but I think they allowed me to be kids as long as possible in right. terms of learning about that stuff, about, about oh, bullying in the workplace. I mean, when you really think about it, there's somebody of power that somebody potentially could be hiring. He almost never is not at work. Right. And so if he makes a move on somebody, or even if that woman thinks he's making a move on her with the illusion that it might include employment, we have a serious litigation issue here. Right. So anyway, it's like, it can be a sticky wicket. There, there have always been alpha sticky dogs. Dreamer. Yeah. There's always <laughs> been alpha dogs in, right. any, in the but insurance were, were you business. You want a though? job, you know. Yeah. So, Are you angling for an insurance job? <laughs> You've mentioned that a few times. <laughs> Liberty Mutual. <laughs> Actually, insurance is kind of part of my game these days. Well, okay. Well, we can we can uh, we'll, we'll get that in the lower third. But were you surprised, like with the, the Weinstein and as the allegations just kind of started coming out? Was it something that surprised you? No. You mean that 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 people do doggish things like what apparently Bill Cosby may have done? Yeah. Yeah. No, that didn't. We still me. have to say alleged, but I mean, we're well. Yeah. And about, well, like, I wasn't there, and I haven't seen evidence or anything. Right. And, and, but I listen. I was when I was in my early twenties. I heard that Mr. Cosby. I believe the term "dog" was used as a sort of not so affectionate nickname for him. Yeah. So it's not something that is just, you know. Now the fact that there may or may not have been like drugs kind of mixed in there to sort of help lubricate the situation. That's really sick. <laughs> right. But just even a middle-aged man out, you know, kind of trolling, is that's just something that's just not quite Did you ever have anyone, uh, like, take advantage, like, try and, you know, take advantage no. of you? No. In a sense of even just, like, come on to you? I, I, I've had that with, like, gay wardrobe people grabbing my ass. I've talked about that before. Pretty common. I, I tell you what, I did recognize the first gay man that I worked with. And I mean, he was 14, I was 14 years old and he didn't do anything. He was a wardrobe guy right. and his name was Dyke. 
and <laughs> and and you know, I he was a nice guy, and right. he never made a movie, never genitalia, nothing, no brush, nothing. Right. You know, but he's uh, a training now, I'm sure. Yeah, now he switched genders. He switched genders. Well, I, I don't know, old Dyke. He was a good guy. Yeah. But old Dyke certainly spent too much time about you know, urinating in the shower when you have cold water hitting you. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, it is an industry where, listen, you just, you got to keep your head in a swivel. And we, we had some people going like, listen, of course, this doesn't surprise us. We know this has been going on for a long time. I think, uh, obviously, like you said, you, you started working so young, too. You were somewhat shielded from it in the sense that you had great parents. Yes. And by the time you were old enough, they didn't have the same kind of leverage. Like, hey, Clint, if you want to work in this industry, uh, come on over to the Weinstein Bouncy Hop. Well, yeah, you see, I, I don't think it happens every time. Sure. And I don't think, I mean, listen, I, uh, um, if somebody would have taken a liking to me, I, I think having good parents. I don't believe my parents ever put me in a position where I could have been manipulated. And that's really, that's, that's a good way to put it. That, yeah. That's parents who do a good job in the industry. Yeah, we, we were children. I mean, if that happens, now, I know actresses that have, were juveniles, mm -hmm. and I don't want to get names, and I don't want to, but I know that they, in their minds, or the reality is, there were older filmmakers that had, that, you, with no argument, you could say they took advantage of them. Oh, absolutely. So, that, I mean, that's just wrong, but that's human nature. I, listen, it's I know. Nature, but you add the fame filter, and you know this. People treat you very, very differently. You know, if you meet someone who doesn't know who Clint Howard is, you know, by, by a stroke yeah. of, of luck, well, okay. they treat you differently from someone who's at Comic Con, right? It's just it's it's there's a psychology with it. It's an entirely different relationship, right off the bat. Predators have power, and when pre when when a predator is a powerful person, and a predator being somebody that you know comes on, right, 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 right. A, a predator. When powerful, the, the, the victim will fear. Sure. Uh, career, when they're an ingenue. Some, hey, listen, there's no denying that, oh, he touched me. I'm sexually harassed. Right, yeah. I mean, listen, you don't think that getting publicity at the advantage exactly. of some. And that short changes the actual victims when you just have someone saying, like, oh, you know, you could uh, have uh, accused uh, our uh, makeup artist of uh, sexually harassing you because they had to get all up in there when uh, <laughs> just yesterday. I've I've got one. I love. I'll tell you in a couple of years before I get sued. But I've got a good one about makeup, and a green makeup, and a slow erotic dance. Oh, you told us. A, yeah. Yeah. We it, can't say it no, on air though. No. No. Okay. So, but but on the flip side, kind of a little. Take that in a softer approach, and we do have to get going. Softer green. <laughs> but a softer, not sexual harassment, but that kind of position of power, you talked about this in the industry with, with Trump and the conservative issue this last election, that happens as well as, well, listen, we're lording the power over you. If you don't, if you don't think the right way, <clears throat> you're not allowed at the cool kids club. Again, you're beyond it because you've, you have such a catalog of work, but you think I'm beyond it. So you've experienced that still? Well, experienced it. It's a factor. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you know, now listen, I, I would not go over to any executive's house knowing that there was going to be, you know, debauchery and, 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 and sodomy or whatever. <laughs> whatever. I just would choose not to. I think that's to. under the general <laughs> debauchery umbrella. Appreciate, but there, there are kids, it. there are young actors or actresses that would gamble. Right. And even if, at, at, you know, here's a chance for me to make it in my career. Right. Um, yeah, it won't be so bad. I don't mean literally getting stooped, but being in a... <laughs> Being in an uncomfortable situation, they take right. a gamble. I, well, that, well, I know that, of course, and, and I'm saying you think it goes even a step further. So if they're willing to take that kind of a gamble, if they're anything even remotely, 
uh, right of far left, and you, know, you keep your mouth shut if you want to work, if you're a young kid. Oh, yeah, you mean like if some pervert took a pass at you? No, no, I'm talking about politics now, the Trump factor. I'm saying we go way far. We have sexual oh, harassment right. lording power. But I remember people inviting me to an Obama fundraiser. I'll say it now. It was, it was three arts. Uh, it was three arts. We were sitting down. We were looking at different management. And uh, I said, no, thanks. Yeah, and they, then the questions came, and I just, they were furious. Well, okay, then that, then they probably would have been bad management to begin with. Right. But well, it was. That, listen, and you know what? I did not call Barry. Barry until the, his presidency was over. I have a respect for, you know, the, the office and a res he was he was Obama. But you know, I did a snow globe about Barry. Yeah. And he's got kind of a bruised chin, and it's just not that it's a huge political statement. It might be some jelly or it might be a bruising. But there's no there's no crappy and, commode in there with him, right? But he's a bobblehead. Dog. Is he a bobblehead? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't until after he, you know he was president, or right, after, after he, he stopped, stopped being president. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's no secret that obviously you're one of the the more uh, outspoken sort of conservatives in Hollywood because at this point you are who you are. You and Gary. The cloth cut. Yeah. For young people, I would say, and my dad always said this: keep the politics. It, your, your job is not politics. Your job is to entertain. Right. You know. And so, for somebody starting out, regardless of right or wrong, conviction is one thing, and and, and religious conviction, spiritual conviction is one thing. But you'd be doing yourself a favor in the business. Yeah. If you kept your mouth shut. Yes, exactly. Unless you're in a green room with Louis C.K. and you want to move up the stand-up ladder, then. Wide open. We have double stick there? tape. <laughs> <laughs> that goes back to the green paint story. Boy, yeah. have some, uh, Top right. stick is this really yeah. the quality. Gun. All right, we'll be back. Clint uh, Howard, thank you so much for being oh, here, man. sir. It's been, been so a my pleasure. Hand, my and hands again, are cold. And seriously, you're dancing with that. You're the good. Nipple. I'm good. We'll, we'll do it on the way out. <laughs>
I don't know why I actually stopped breathing during that. I don't know why. We could just pantomime it. I think it's the it's commitment. It's the Daniel Day Lewis sort of tactic. The Daniel Day Lewis sort of thing. Because he, he, he went on a ride along, so he knows what it's like to be a cop. He knows all about it. Gosh, the method actors. And you know, like, I get into character when we do things. I really, because I understand needing to get into something, not breaking, getting it in your mind. But people who act like, I've never, uh, I, I know what it's like to be a Mohican. <laughs> really? I'll wear sandals yeah, once. I went down to their gift shop and I spoke with Twento. <laughs> and he told me what it was like. And then I had dinner with him. At the chop house, <laughs> in the traditional Indian garb, like I just, I don't, I just Levi's. so self-important. Do <laughs> I appreciate uh, Clint Howard? A lot of fun. Clint Howard, a lot of fun. By the way, behind the scenes, also a lot of fun. <laughs> he is a handful. Sure. He oh is. gosh, he's guy. all over. He's exactly what you would expect. He's very. The thing is, he's really sharp. He's very when smart. he zones in. Yeah. But when he doesn't, when he doesn't feel like, it, when he just sort of relaxes, it's just like. And this, and it's like a ping pong ball. You're like, oh, hold like, on. Yeah, it's like I'm flubber. I'm in my bathtub. You're like, yeah. He sent, he he sent, sent my our, dad, your dad so many pictures of him in it, a hot tub. It was like a, it, it was a documentary of his travels and yeah. it, it, photos that would have made uh, Ron Jeremy blush. Yeah. Like, it was weird. But it, it wasn't at all in a sexual really thing. It was like, oh, this is no, Clint. This is just Clint. This is just Clint. It's been, so next, speaking of which, next week, all of your Crowder favorites will bring up the card here when we uh, talk about our uh, going to be on the live stream. 16 hours, CNN live stream, yes. and the series premiere of a YouTube carol. Yes. The story of Ebenezer YouTube redemption, YouTube Christmas past, will present, future, right? where they're going. Will he get it right no. with his covetous, sinful, Little censoring sinful, ways? Sinful bag. We'll see. We will see. Mm. You probably won't. Um, <laughs> it's funny. We were just talking, we were some of this kind of with Clint. He was just mentioning, and you were talking about this, how his, his parents shielded him from kind of the filth yeah, of Hollywood. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I thought it was very cool. Well, you, hear, you don't hear yeah. it very often. You don't hear it very often. You hear, you hear a lot of cool. kids who were just, just, just royally screwed in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And, but yeah. Now, and now we turn a blind eye to it when it's Chaz. Hmm. Uh, what's Chaz? Uh, uh, J- not Jennings? Chaz. Uh, Jazz, I Jazz, am Jazz. I am Jazz. Ch- Chaz is a tranny. Jazz is a tranny. The Az tranny gang. The Z's, Chaz, I think Jazz. They, they really like the Z's. They really it like the Z's. It has a little Z's. Well, the Z, they also want to use Z pronouns. Maybe there's a tie in there. They I have like no idea. I never even thought of this before. We're blowing the lid wide I know. open. I know. It's the Z chromosomes. Think about it. Now we yeah. just ignore it. We knew with Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. I am Jazz. It's going to have sex change. It had a sex change operation. Yeah. Now can't couldn't actually do it successfully because there wasn't enough material to make a fake vagina. It happens and the best no of us. One, no one wants to talk about how this is exploiting a child. Yeah. It's because it's still not cool. Wasn't yeah. cool back then. It's not cool now. It was never cool for parents to shield. I guarantee you, the kids on set were Clint and, and Ron. They, were there. they, they probably thought they, they, probably probably thought thought they were weird. nerds. Yeah, yeah they nerd. thought they were losers. Yeah, which is funny because it's, it's just it's coming full circle now. Where the people who are honest with themselves, I think, are waking up to see that. You know, you tie that in with with Mike Pence, who was mocked what eight months ago for yeah. all the comments about being you know loyal to his wife and not being caught you know one on one with a woman, where accusations could even you know. Be seriously, you know, take taken seriously, right? And mocked, 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 mocked. Because sure, Clint Howard was mocked because it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. It wasn't but cool. now you're like Mike Pence. What a dork. Yeah, what a loser. Bet bet you no one comes out and accuses him of, of rape in a room because what no a loser, one was there. Or or what a super predator because he can't be around women. Right, you know, exactly. It, it's just, but I think honest people are realizing that oh, people with some standards and some some freaking values. May have had it right. Well, you know what? And I think a lot of the, if you look at the alt right and the sort of Trump thing, like, no one cares about your principles or your values. 
actually turns out half of the people who you thought were your buddies do yeah. with Roy Moore. Roy Moore. Wasn't really cool with the Trump thing to say, you know what, this prop, this really isn't going to play well. So, yeah, just so much winning. Winning, yeah. winning, winning. So, yeah. Who cares? No one cares. Turns out a lot of people care. Wasn't cool to say. I remember at that point, it caught so much flack. I said, listen, I think he's better than Hillary. Absolutely. But if he said that about my wife, I would kick his ass. Wasn't cool to say that. Well, guess what? No. 45% of people who showed up for Trump didn't show up for Roy Moore. Sometimes it's not cool. Sometimes the right thing is not cool. When I was on set, I remember D.W. and Arthur. It was a boy who did the voice of D.W. I won't say which one. So that way, he was just, he, he just made fun of My me. My wiener's confused. I was 12. I was 12. And he was 13. And he was just, you know, just smoking weed. and yeah. just, just what a dork. Because my parents were really also pretty protective of me when I was on set as a kid. You know, I was on set quite a bit. And it was not cool. It was not cool at all. Not cool for Mike Pence to do that. Not cool. This is another thing. People say, oh, man, you're an ideologue. I don't believe. You know what? I just take every issue individually. Of course you take every issue individually. That's how you become someone with principles. And then you find out which worldview lines up with your principles. No no, no worldview lines up 100% with all of your principles. No political party does. Hell, not even any religion out there does. But when you take every issue individually, you say, okay, this is my list of non-negotiables, and it's not cool, because we don't like labels, man. We'll vote D, Ted Kennedy, yeah. <laughs> Killed the chick, doesn't so matter. D. D, D, for Love 40 years. D. You take your list, and you line it up with who is closest to your list. In this case, yeah, it, put it this way, I've always said, I'll never vote for a Democrat. I'm not a registered Republican, I don't, I don't think I am. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think I was in the last state because of the primary hmm. laws. Um, but still, I wouldn't. I'm very open about it. Well, you're too much of an ideologue. Really? Well, what do you believe? Well, I don't know. I think it's okay. But then I think Roy Moore is kind of a dick. And I, you know, I support the net neutrality. But and I think the death tax is a good idea. But I don't. You know, but I because who needs more than 11 million? Oh yeah, you're really taking issues in individually. <laughs> really, th- th- you're you're thinking of this world through the lens critically, Plato. Mm. I just it it amazes me. Here's one thing: that, it's, it's not cool at all to have a worldview. It's not yeah. cool to be an ideologue when everyone who's ever been successful, ever has had an ideology, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's philosophy, whether it's the realm of intelligentsia, even if it's a a philosophy, some kind of worldview to your work approach. Here's something I find really interesting, and I hear this more and more. We heard it the other day from somebody, I won't name who it was, but it was uh, someone who identified as a liberal, but they said, but don't worry, but don't, I, I'm an open-minded liberal. I think at one point in time that used to be assumed by of liberals that hey, they were the open-minded ones, and conservatives were the were the, the right. dogmatic, ideological, you know, um, illogical ones who were in lockstep all all the time. But I think now it's more assumed more uh, more often that if you label yourself a conservative, it's assumed you're more open-minded than yeah. a liberal. Well, you know what? You know why? You know why they say that? But I'm open-minded. You know why they say that? They say. I'm liberal, but I'm open-minded. You know why I say that? Because it's really, it was, for the longest time, it was really uncool to be conservative. Yeah. Right? So if you just yeah. say, oh, I'm open-minded, people go, oh, okay, so you're, you're libertarian. You're one of the cool ones, yeah. You're, you're conservative. No, 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 I'm a liberal. I'm a liberal. I'm liberal, but, but I'm, I'm open-minded. I'm not a freak Because show. they don't want yeah. to be one of the uncool kids. That's why I always hated the term libertarian. I said, I'm a libertarian conservative to describe my views. I certainly would be much more libertarian than many people out there who claim to be sure. libertarian. But Bill Maher, Greg Gutfeld, and Glenn Beck all claim to be libertarian. <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything anymore. Let's say I'm more libertarian in my views of limited government, but I'm a conservative. I would go out of my way to say that because I knew it was trying to shuck the uncool label of conservative. That's uncool. Cool. You know what's really uncool? To have no idea what it is that you believe. It's, to, to me, the death tax was so simple. We talked about that earlier this week, and someone going, Steve, see, someone actually said this. They said about net, they said net neutrality, the death tax is such a great example of how Stevens either A, a sheep, B, a shell, or C, is too much of an ideologue to see his own party's BS. No one needs more than 11 million in a death tax. I was going, okay, hold on a second. First off, yeah, the, 
big de big death tax has paid me off. I mean, who pays you <laughs> for the death tax? Which who, who would be the adversary to the death tax aside from people who want to pass on their financial <laughs> legacy to their children? But here's something just it's really simple. And this, this can only be a response when you have a worldview. I people say, well, how do you prepare for the change of my mind? You know what? It's simple when you're okay with the fact that you have an ideology. My ideology means that all men are created equal. They're free. The government doesn't have the right to tell you what you can or can't do in your own home, what you can say. It doesn't have the right to tell you if you can or can't defend yourself. Doesn't have the right to take your stuff. Doesn't have the right to take more than half your stuff after it's already taxed for half your stuff. But this person said, who needs $11 million? Especially when those lazy kids haven't earned it. <laughs> Big death tax. It's just, it's just Green Reaper in a suit. But think of this for a second. <laughs> Especially with those, especially with the kids haven't earned, you know, Republicans, but you always about earned. The kids didn't earn it. Neither did you. It couldn't be, you wouldn't be able to understand this. If you would say, oh, is, it, is it dogmatic to think, hey, listen, yeah, my kids didn't earn that money. Maybe my kids were raised with a silver spoon. Who knows? Maybe my kids are wealthy. They also happen to be really good kids. But they didn't earn it. Neither did you, Mr. Wants to take 65 or 68 percent, depending if it's Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. So this comes down to your ideology. It comes down to a really uncool being an ideologue. Who deserves it more? My children or Debbie Wasserman Schultz? You're picking somebody who hasn't earned it. But it's not cool. It's not cool to sit down and say, oh, because I am a conservative, I think that's wrong. Oh, you know what? Because I am a conservative, because I have these principles, ah, if Roy Moore, if Roy Moore sexually assaulted someone, I have a problem with it. Now you have that with the alt-right, right? They go after you. They go, oh, no one, your, your conservative principles are dying. Remember that? Yeah. Remember, people go, remember uh, yeah. all these people are going after Ben Shapiro and myself? Oh, you're going to die with your principles. No, now you're dying when you abandon the principles. You see what happens. It's not cool to shield your kid as Clint's parents. It's not cool to say I'm not going out with women who aren't my wife. It's not cool to say you're a conservative. It's not cool to say that you have a religious worldview, but sometimes it's the best thing. You know what else it really isn't cool? This is one thing too. It's really not cool to work hard. Think about that. The whole idea of cool is being nonchalant. In any sport, right, you, you'd have these kids who would want to end zone dance or throw the ball. I remember when I played sports as a kid before they got good. When I did, when I was competing in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you would have these kids come up with all of the all of the uh, the gis and the new gear, and they would just walk up and try and be like, listen, man, it's about flowing, about being relaxed, and they would get smoked from the uncool kid who spent 20 hours a week drilling one move. It's not cool. It doesn't look <laughs> awesome. It's not the slam dunk stick your, thung, uh, stick your tongue out at the camera. But you're a Clydesdale. You're putting the work in. Usually the uncool thing is the right thing. As a matter of fact, almost always, and it's not just to be contrarian, almost always if something is labeled cool, it's wrong. I mean, from, 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 uh, from torn Levi's to MC <laughs> Hammer. To stupid your girlfriend. To share. Yeah. to being gender non-binary LGBTQAAIP and a number two. We're going to look back on this trend and say, remember when that was cool? Man, we were really dumb. So don't give a rat's ass about cool. Stop thinking about cool. We're looking at all these stories through the prism of cool. And that's what's so ironic is you're an ideologue. Really? Your ideology is trying to be cool. And then you say, keep it real, bruh. Really? Keep it real, bruh. As long as it's within this, this context of cool. Well, I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it real. I don't, I don't go out to dinner with someone alone who's not my wife. <sighs> Loser? Yeah, you know what? I'll take loser. I'll take uncool loser over a lifetime of being a loser. But hey, you're one cool losing bastard. See you next week. That is December 21st, Thursday, 16-hour live stream, CNN. That's torturous. Worse than waterboarding. That's why we're doing it. it only takes